Storms will come. They make us stronger. We've been learning that. The storms make us stronger if we just hold on to him. And there's nothing that we can't face. There is no weapon formed against us that will prosper. We just got to stay in Jesus. You know, we just came back from the ark. I can't bother you no more, Miss Linda, about being on the ark because I've been on it now. I'm going to tell you, folks, that's something to see. You ever get a chance to go, you need to go. Be ready to walk a little bit or ride. they got these little scooters. You can get them and ride them around. But I'm going to tell you, they're so chock full of information. I'll never read Genesis 6 and then in that area oh, the same again. Just to know what God was doing and the magnitude of what God did and how he knows us and he knows our hearts. The wisdom that he put into to Noah and those sons and those daughters-in-law and wife to do the things that they did. I mean, you know, we're thinking it's breaking. You know, there's patents up in Washington, D.C. right now for things that they did on the ark. It's amazing. Amazing. And the Creation Museum was just so chock full of information. They, they say that if you read every word that's on a wall, watch every video that they have, read everything that they have will take you 72 hours to go through it all. That's a lot of information, isn't it? God's pulling out the stops to let this world know about him and to let them know, yeah, there is a time coming when he's not going to be here no more. The Holy Ghost ain't going to be here no more. Do you think life is bad now? Don't we complain about life a lot and the people and the junk we see? Can I tell you something, friend? You ain't seen nothing yet when the Spirit of God's lifted off of this place and the, and the, and the praying saints of God are praying for these things to be held back, for diseases to be healed. Do we still believe that he heals disease this morning? Amen. He does. He sees us through troubles. We got to hold on to that. We've had a lot of rain. We can complain about a lot of rain, but you know what? Our God knows what he's doing. We've got to give him praise no matter what. And he'll see us through it. We've been talking about the fruit of the Spirit. I'm going to recap real quick. Fruit of the Spirit. Oh, I'm going to just read Gen Galatians. I was about to say Genesis. starts with a G. Galatians 5 and 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such, there is no law. So we've done been through all of these. There's, there's seven or nine parts of one fruit. You can't have one and not have the others. It, they, 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 they go together. They're like gears. They, they're in alignment. They work together. You can't say, well, I'm just full of love, but I don't have meekness. Wrong. It all goes together. Last week we talked about kindness. Week before that, long-suffering, the patience of God. And the week before that, peace. And then before, before that, joy. And before that, love. God's love. Unconditional love. That he wants to come out of us, and by the way, against such there is no law, meaning you can't do a performance to make it happen. It's fruit from the Spirit. If it ain't coming, then the Spirit ain't leading. And that's what this whole series has been about, so that we can identify what is inside the Bible and inside of those two 
scriptures so that we can hold the Bible up and, and, and you know, get in sync with God and let the Holy Ghost say, okay, I, I'm working on you. How many of you still been worked on this morning? Thank God. He did promise that he would complete what he started. If he's trying to get you to a place of having the right kind of love or somewhere for peace or something like that and you're having a hard time with it, he loves you, you get to take it again. If it wasn't comfortable the first time, it's not going to be comfortable the second time. He loves you enough, you can take it a third and fourth time. Amen? It's kind of hard to praise him sometimes when we're in those places, but that's all about the flesh submitting to the will of God, to the Spirit of God. Because the Bible says that the flesh and the Spirit will spend our lives warring against each other. And so we have to determine and say, you know what, Lord, this is wrong in me. I see that now in your word. I'm not being able to take this in right. This is not coming out of me right. And, you know, that's when we have to get on our faces and pray. Fast and pray. We got to seek God so that we can let his will work in our lives. I thank God for a safe trip. Uh, we just logged about 1,100 and so miles, I think it was, when we pulled out till we got back yesterday. Bus ran fine. Deer got out of the way. They were some close calls, but they got out of the way. We gave God the glory. We prayed before we left, and we didn't worry about it. Now, they got some big deer in Kentucky, by the way. Terry, we might have to go down there and try our hand at it one time. Big deer. But God saw us through that, and, and everything worked out. I'm going to tell you a quick story real quick before we get into this, because, you know, things come to try us, you know, so that the fruit of the Spirit can come out. Well, we roll in there on Wednesday evening. I've been talking with a travel group that was helping us and talked with the guy at the hotel. And, you know, three weeks ago, everything was set up. We're just waiting to go. When we get there, and the lady looked at me like I had four heads, I said, I'm here for our room. We've got reservation, Kenneth Lester. And she said, how many rooms? I said, five. She said, no, one. I said, no, five. She said, no, one. I said, well, it's supposed to be five. And she said, but it's only one. And I said, well, what do we do about this? I said, I've been talking to Jeff. He's the guy that's uh, the manager there. And he told me everything was set up, so, you know, I've even got a, how much it's going to be for the whole five nights, uh, three nights. And she said, well, I don't know about that, but he's on vacation, and uh, I got one room for you. I said, well, do you got four more rooms for tonight? We just traveled nine hours. It's getting dark. I don't know where I'm at. Can you help us? Somewhere or another, she was able to find the contract, but we still didn't have our rooms. She said, well, I'll get you in tonight, we'll, we'll stay at that rate, and you can stay tomorrow night, but you can't do it Friday. I said, look, i got some senior citizens on, us, on this bus. It's nine hours from home. I can't take them for nine hours to walk through the Creation Museum and drive them home that night. I can do it, but that wouldn't be right. Can you do anything to help me? She said, yep, nothing I can do to help you. I guess you've got a problem. I said, yes, ma'am, I guess I do. So I tried calling the travel place. It was two minutes to five. They closed at five, and they were gone for the day. Now, I, was, I don't know if they're going to get a whole paycheck or not, but they cheated, I know, at least on two minutes. <laughs> and we prayed. Well, 
my sanctification stayed intact. Now the old me, he was dying to get out. Anybody know what I'm talking about? He's dying to get out, and you know what? Sometimes you're going to get an opportunity. Now what did we learn when we started talking about this? The reason that the fruit of the Spirit is there is number one, so when the enemy comes and tells us that we're not saved or that we're not doing good with God or anything like that, we go through a trouble and God's saying, it is confirmation to you. I'm in control. And it's confirmation to the people around us of who God is and what he can make you. Now that woman didn't know me from Adam and she didn't know the old me and I'm so glad she didn't get to meet him. But he was, he was itching. But you want to know something? We got up the next morning and by 7.30 I called over there to another place down the road and that lady said, well, well, sure, we can fix you up and we're going to give you a good rate. And they did. God worked it out. Amen. Because you might have been here this morning and some of us might not have been here if we'd had to pull one of them 18-hour days. But God worked it out. And that's why the fruit of the Spirit is so important. Don't always say what's on your mind because the old man is still struggling to get a, get a he's, he's wanting to get a grip. He's wanting to kill the testimony of Jesus. That's what he's wanting to do. But we don't let him. We hold on to him. So we're going to talk about goodness this morning. I'm going to give you the definition that I looked up here. It says goodness, the quality of being good. Now, ain't that a pretty good definition? It's pretty simple. If you don't know what good is, then I guess we're hurting. It says morally sound, virtuous, godly, kind, generous, sympathetic, well-behaved, dutiful. You see, I do what I do. I, don't, I can't speak for y'all. I only can talk about me. I do what I do because I feel, a, I feel this love for the Lord and I feel it's my duty. Does that make sense? I don't know how better to say it. I don't have a duty with the Lord, but I kind of do. Does that make sense? I don't perform to get. Am I making that clear enough? But I feel it's my duty. He saved me from hell. Therefore, he deserves every bit of praise I can give him. In everything, in all things, he deserves praise. It's my duty as he called me to be a minister, to study the word, to study and get out what we're given today. That's been my prayer this morning. Lord, you, you, you did it in the temple. Shut me up if I'm not going to say what you need to say. I don't want that. I don't, and I don't want this church to be about Ken. I want when Ken dies or something goes on, the church keeps on moving. Why? Because Jesus is at the center, not Ken. You see what I'm talking about? Churches will fall apart when a pastor retires or leaves or they fall. Oh, Lord, everything just fell apart. Well, if you keep your eye on Jesus and if that's who you were serving in the start, you ain't going to miss a beat. He never sleeps or slumbers. He's got a plan. And we all get to be a part of it. Let me do another plug. We're having a fall festival here. Everybody know we got a fall festival? Thank you, Dave, for all the hard work you're putting in it, buddy. Nobody can come up and say we don't know about it. And this is so we can serve God. 
we're going to be doing for him. We're going to be ministering to the people of the community. And man, I thank you for your heart, Dave. This is what God put in you. Now you, other ones sitting around here, you don't have to be Dave. God's got something for you. I didn't mean that to be demeaning if you took it that way. This is Dave's calling. How do we know? Because the work that's been done on it. He's doing it good. That's his calling. And the thing is, is we got a chance to reach out to people in this community. I don't know if it's going to fill the church up or not, but I know we got a chance to let our little light shine. And it's going to take work. Ain't it? It's going to take work. It takes work to do the work that God has for us to do. Now, old Noah, he built a big boat. Let me tell you something. That thing's pretty big when you read about it. It's real big when you walk up to it. We got there to go into the ark and Sarah and Francis and Martha disappeared. Next time I seen them, we was coming out of the ark. Sarah looked like she'd been in a war with something. You think it's big? Where do you get inside? But you want to know something? The Bible doesn't tell us, but we know that Noah was 500 years old when his boys was born. They was triplets. Ain't nobody I know of ever been having done had three boys or three babies within a year. So they had to come at the same time. That's just what the Bible says. And when he was 600 years old when the flood came. So somewhere before those boys got married, they started construction. And let me tell you something. Three guys without the modern day tools, they were some work. It had to be done. Can I tell you something, church? church is going to do what God wants us to do it's a whole lot more than coming here and sitting for an hour on Sunday morning it takes work and we all have to do what he's given us to do amen it takes work it's going to take work setting up those tents it's going to take work to be able to do the food it's going to take work to be able to talk to people oversee all the things we're doing it's going to be work, but can I promise you something? If you serve God, the payday is out of this world. Literally, it is out of this world. Heaven awaits, and he keeps good notes. So when you're serving, all of you serving, Ken and Alicia, uh, Francis Sr.'s ministry, uh, uh, Danny and Allison, you're doing the music, and everybody that's helping out with that, and, and, and Bobby and Be Bobby and Betty. <laughs> Ashley, you got a new name. Bobby and Ashley, stay focused on ministry because what you're doing is you're serving the Lord. You get a chance for the fruit to come out. Trust me, you get the chance for the fruit to come. And the fruit will be produced. And the storms make our roots stronger and he gets us stronger. But that's what goodness is. It is a desire and sincere study not only to abstain from every evil appearance, but to do good to the bodies and souls of men to the utmost of one's ability. As much as possible within you, live peaceable with all men. Not some, not the ones that deserve it. No, all men, as much as possible within you. If they don't want it, you can't do nothing about that. I can preach about salvation this morning and there might be somebody needing saved. I can't do nothing about it other than give the word and let the spirit pull. You've got to do the answering and you've got to do the submitting. That's how it works. 
And so that's what goodness is. We do it to the best of our ability. You see, doing good and being good are two different things. A grimy old hand can do a good deed. But a cold, hard heart cannot. Think about that. We can do good deeds all day long. You see, when goodness is truly of the Spirit, there is no need for me or you to advertise it. Because if I got to advertise it, it wasn't so much about him. It's now about me receiving glory. And he says what? He will not share his glory with no one. You see, a person that's doing the good deeds most of the time don't even realize that they're doing the good deed. A friendly word to somebody. You're just having conversation, but something hit in their heart. Maybe you help somebody do a project or something like that. You're just helping someone, but you don't know what God's doing with that. Do you see what I'm talking about? I got an example for you in the Bible. You see the people doing the good deeds? They're not keeping track of it. They're not advertising it. They're not doing all these things. Turn to Matthew chapter 25 and verse 34. You see the people in this verse here, in this scripture, they were surprised. Now friend, if you're doing good for the Lord and the Spirit's the one leading, whenever he reads the report card on the day of judgment, surprise is going to be right there. You're not going to know it because you wouldn't keep it up with it that way. You were serving him. Matthew 25 and 34, Then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. And then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or feed you or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to one of the, one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. You see, they didn't even know what they had done. You see, goodness don't come out for us to say, oh, I need to do this good. I need to do that good. You see, when the Spirit sees the need, He prompts us into action. And if we are submitted to Him, we are now the vessel that He uses. And therefore, the work being done is by Him and not by us. And how can we claim credit for His work? We'll hear words like, well, I did say that just to glorify God. I don't know, but you might want to check it. You see, goodness is not a respecter of persons. Amen? Now, this is teaching, folks. This is what we're doing here. We're getting ready to do God's work on a big scale. I firmly believe that. The weeds have been getting weeded out because they chose to. You either submit and let God grow you or you choose to find another home or no home at all. That's a hard word, preacher. I can't help it. 
You either let the truth change you or you run from it. And that's what he's doing with this local body here. You, you faithful, faithful few. He's working us and making us to where now we can do big ministry. Because you see, we're going to do this fall festival. And we might get some people to trickle in. And somebody might get mad over at that church and decide they want to come and try us on like a new pair of boots. And if it rubs our ankle, we're going to take it away. We're going to trade it in. See, that's not God working. That's man trying to find and feed his own self. You see what I'm talking about? He's getting ready to do a work. Now, you can either be on the ark and walk with him and you get to see what he's doing and be a part of it, or you can get off of the ark and miss out. Amen? That's a good place for an amen. It's not a comfortable amen, but it is. You see, goodness is not about people, uh, 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 respecting people. Let me put it that way. God's not a respecter of persons. You two, come, come here. Bob, would you come up, please? Now I can say your name and really be talking about you. Right. <laughs> you see, goodness doesn't come in and come over this way. You stay there. They follow direction well. That's a good heart. We're not supposed to follow direction. You see, goodness is not going to come up and say, you're welcome at my table. And I say nothing to you. You understand? And on the flip side of that, goodness doesn't come up to you and say, you're welcome at my table, and I'm going to say nothing to you. If I don't tell you, you don't know about it. We're going to be hungry. You see that whole deal right there was something to puff someone up. And by the way, all the bobs that came, they're going to be happy and there's going to be something sitting there, but do you not see there's now a divide between two men that God called and loves them very, very much? That's right. You're worthy to eat at my table. You're not. You sit up here. You go back there instead. You see, that's not goodness. We like to call things that we do goodness, but when the Holy Ghost says, no, now you be nice to this guy. He smells bad. He really doesn't, but... For the sake of this, he stinks. He don't have the best attitude in the world. He says he loves Jesus. I'm not so sure. You, you know the talk I'm talking about, right? Wears his pants a little low, shirt untucked. He just don't fit. And Jesus said, I love him, and I'm trying to clean him up. And I can't even use you because you will not let my spirit lead you. You know what I'm talking about? Amen. I mean, I'm talking truth this morning, church. That's what we got to have. We got we got to face ourselves. We got to look at ourselves. Thank you, men. Thank you. You're both welcome at my house. You can eat. You can sit wherever you want to, except in my chair. No, I'm kidding. You come to my house and sit in my chair. I'm gonna move to another. See, that's what the that's what goodness of the spirit does doesn't even know it. Man doesn't even know so much what's going on. He doesn't have to advertise. He doesn't have to put it out so everybody can know what he's done. That's not goodness. Because I can tell you, the ones who are advertising, they pick and choose who gets to eat at their table and who don't. I hear an amen back there, Slim. Is that what I heard? 
That's, what, that's what's going on. You can't come to my house. You can't come at my table. You can't sit here and eat with me. And what good is that? Jesus said, you know, what, it, what is it about this if we only do good to those who do good to us? Right? Isn't that what he says? That's what the world does. The church doesn't do that. The people who belong to Jesus and the Holy Ghost are pulling the strings and they're listening to him and they're walking with him. They're doing what he says. They don't do that. They're not a respecter of persons. Matthew 19 and 16. We're going to talk about some more goodness. Now behold, one came and said to him, Good teacher, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? What a question. Good teacher. Well, how did he know Jesus was a good teacher? Did he truly know that Jesus is the good teacher and he truly wanted an answer? Or was he just kind of building him up and trying to get in good with him so that he'd get the answer he wanted to hear? I don't know. I don't know what the Bible says about that, but let's look, read on. So he said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good but one. And that is God. But if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. Hmm, we're getting deep now, ain't we? Keep the commandments. So Jesus took this guy and told him, he said, hey, ain't nobody good but God. Friends, look around you this morning and all your friends here. And I've done it myself, and I, and I stand by it for the most part, just using these words. But yeah, I look and say, you know, he's a good man. We do that because these people have, they've displayed that kind of character, right? I'm not going to say somebody's a good man if they ain't. Sorry. So if you put me down on that application to get a house or get a job or something like that, keep in mind, I will tell the truth. I'm not missing heaven for you for extra 10 bucks an hour. It's not going to happen. They ask straight questions. I will give straight answers, and I will not be guileless. Is that a word, guileless? I will not have guile when it comes to it. You know what guile is? I'll do everything but lie, but I'll be so close to it, I'm about to fall off the edge. That's guile. Am I right on that, Brother Murphy? Is that what guile is? That's exactly what, so I won't do that. I'm not going to do that. I'm not saying I'm perfect, okay? okay? This is not a Ken sermon, but. Camouflage lies, that's a, good, that's a good way of putting it. Hunting season coming, everybody knows about camouflage. But Jesus was letting him know there is nobody good but God. And he told these other fellows, he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So the guy was right in what he was saying, but I believe in Jesus talking to him, he didn't know who he was talking to. Jesus had gotten a, gained a reputation. But he said, keep the commandments. And he said to him, which ones? Verse 18. And Jesus said, you shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and your mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And the young man said to him, All these things I have kept from my youth, what do I still lack? 
Now, pay attention here. Jesus didn't argue with him. It's a good chance for him to take and tell him, oh, yeah, you, you did this. You murdered with your mouth on a guy. You, talk, you ruined his character. Anybody been watching the news lately? Oh, I'm going to bring it up. You can't get away from it hardly. It's in newspapers and everything. But the thing is, if somebody can say something, and, and, and I'm, I'm dead serious on this, folks. Somebody can say something about someone, whether it's true or not. And usually when you get 30 or 40 years deep, it's going to be hard to find evidence. And they can run somebody's character with this. And that person can't go back and sue them for slander for the same purpose. There's no evidence to prove that it's true or not. That's the state of the world that we're in. Before the flood came, God said, I'm going to destroy the earth. Why? Because men's hearts are continually on evil. And he repented that he even made man. And in the New Testament it says, As it was in the days of Noah, so it shall be at the coming of the Son of Man. We're there. And let me tell you something. If you ain't right with God today, you might want to make it a priority because it's coming and it's coming fast. Hang in there because it's coming. Those of us who have been struggling and striving and trying to serve the Lord, just hang on and keep on pressing toward the mark. Don't give up. And whenever you see this fruit that's coming out of you, you know that it's the Holy Ghost doing it. And that's a sign you're holding on to Him. And he told this guy to keep these commandments. I think it's ironic. Jesus didn't argue with him, so otherwise it would have been a good chance for him to minister to him. So, oh, yeah, but, but you had. He did it with the woman at the well, right? She, she talked about her husband, and, and he said, oh, no, but you've done had five guys. Not the hamburger place, neither. But what commandments are missing? Shall have no other gods before me. Shall not make any graven image. Shall not take the name of the Lord in vain. Shall keep the Sabbath. And the other one that goes along with his title. Shall not be covetous. He was a rich young ruler. Jesus didn't argue with him about the others. And what did we find out as we've been studying? Who's the biggest enemy you're going to face? Yourself. Old number one looking at you in the mirror when you shave. Self. And the young man said, I have kept all of these from my youth. What do I still lack? And Jesus said to him, if you want to be perfect. Now check, check this out. We can, if you want to be perfect, go. Sell what you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. You see what happened there? Verse 22, but the young man Heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. You see, the very thing that was keeping him from God, see, God, if you got money in here today and you're still making a lot of money, that's not a problem. It's only a problem when it gets between you and God. That's it. And that's what the commandments he missed out on. His God wasn't God, his God was money. His graven image was old. Well, I don't know the big bills, so I only know George Washington. He's on dollars. Yeah. 
his self. Taking the name in vain, we always put that with cussing, don't we? You know, cussing, we call it cussing back home. You know what I'm talking about, right? I don't need to say it. I don't, I'm not going to say it. You know what I'm talking about. But you know taking the Lord's name in vain is coming in here sitting every Sunday morning and saying, I love Jesus, but money is actually what's ruling you. You're saying you belong to him. You've been married to him. Sweetie married me. We got married. She took my name. But if she's not considering me the husband, her husband, she took my name in vain. That's exactly, that's, that's deep. And then covetousness. He had some and he wanted more. So Jesus went to the heart of the matter with him and he said, here's what you got to do. Take everything you got and sell it. Give it to the poor. And you'll have treasures in heaven and come and follow me. And he couldn't do that. He couldn't do that. He'd been keeping commandments. He didn't kill nobody. Ain't that the thing we always hear when we talk to people? Well, I, at least I haven't done that. You ever heard that before? Well, at least I ain't done that. Well, you, you know, then we, then we start telling everybody all their faults. You ain't measuring up neither. You ain't making it to heaven neither, so we'll just go to hell together. That's kind of the mindset, isn't it? Well, you, pay attention to self. Look at you. Measure up the word with you. You see, that's what he's talking about here. This guy went away sorrowful because Jesus went to the heart of what the matter was and he didn't like to hear what he heard. You see, that's what's happening in America today. I can only say America. I don't know about the rest of the world. I've only been in a few pieces of it. Can't speak the language, so I don't know a whole lot. Can't read the newspapers because they write different. But I do know what's happening right here in the U.S. of A. And what's happening in the U.S. of A. is the same kind of stuff. Goodness don't flow. Only goodness flows to the ones that we determine that are worthy of having it. And that's not what he's talking about. I'm going to finish reading out this scripture. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Surely I say to you, that it's hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. And again I say to you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. And when his disciples heard it, they were greatly astonished, saying, Who then can be saved? They're thinking nobody's going to make it. But Jesus looked at them and said to them, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. And what I'm trying to tell you, folks, is, is whenever the Holy Ghost moves inside of us and we give Him free reign, the fruit comes off and then a change happens. People saw me when I got saved, they said, That ain't less than a week. We read about Charles Templeton down at the Ark when we went in there. He was the guy who basically broke the ground for Billy Graham when he started, when he started evangelizing. He owned all the tents, all the chairs. He had all the venues set up. Billy just was a young preacher. He says, well, come on in and join me. Him and Charles Templeton's going around the, the, this nation, around the world, and they're setting up tents and holding revivals, and people are getting saved. Lives are being changed. Now, here's one for you. It's not about the work that he did. It's about the work that he did. People were getting saved. But Charles Templeton, he had a problem. He saw all the bad that was going on in the world. He saw everything that was happening and he said, you know what? 
God cannot be real. How can a loving God allow these children to be murdered in Germany? How can he allow these Jews to be murdered? All that was going on in World War II. How can this be with a loving God? He started questioning God and got in trouble. See, when you start questioning what God's doing, you're just opening the door and saying, devil, come on in. And that's exactly what he will do. He will come on in and this man went to his grave denouncing Christianity. He knew something, but he didn't hold on to it. He let the devil come in. And all the goodness that he was doing, yes, people got touched. But in the end, on his deathbed, being begged by his friends would not change his mind, his heart. What a sad state of affairs. Letting people get in between you and God. Now, Brother Murphy, I don't know if you've ever said good or bad about me. I really don't know, and I pretty much don't care anymore. I'm at the place now in my walk. It doesn't matter. It's between you and Jesus. And you wouldn't tell me anyway. You'd tell all them. Get them stirred up. You see what I'm talking about? And that's how stuff does. And be smart about what you hear and what you believe. There's two sides of every story. Sit down and talk to both of them. You'll find the truth. Boy, that was rich, wasn't it? Hmm. But we get to this place of goodness coming out of us. But with God, all things are possible. I'm going to finish reading this scripture. Then, then Peter answered and said to him, See, we have left all and, and, and followed you. Therefore, what shall we have? And Jesus said to them, Assuredly, I say to you there that in the regeneration when the Son of Man sits on his throne in glory, you who have followed me will also sit on twelve thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone, now check this one out, friends. Check this one out because it goes deep. This is a deep scripture. And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife, or children, or lands, for my name's sake, shall receive a hundredfold and inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last be first. You see, that speaks volumes to me, because you see, I'm married. i got a wife, sweetie. And sweetie calls the shots pretty much at our house, because if she calls them and it goes wrong, I don't get in trouble. She knows I love her. But now if she wants me to come over here and do good to Susie, or the God says to do good to Susie, and sweetie says, you can't do that, I've got a choice to make now, don't I? Maybe go mow her yard. Randy, say Randy gets hurt on his job or something. Why are you going to go over to Susie's and mow that yard over? Well, I mow hers. Why can't I mow hers? You understand what I'm talking about? I'm not talking about getting yourself in a place that you get in trouble. You don't do that. Or maybe she don't. Well, let's just take it off of the lady and let's put it. Brother Murphy needs help and she's got to burn her saddle about him. Remember we talked about birds a few weeks back. The real problem is actually with God, not so much with him. But he needs help and she's like, why in the world are you going over there to help him? You, you better not do that. Amen? Women, have you had these conversations before? It goes both ways, by the way. Have you had these conversations? Yeah, we're not going to raise our hands today because everybody will be able to see inside of our house. Let me tell you something. 
The Lord's there 24-7, 365. He never sleeps or something. He knows what's going on. And what he just spoke just now is truth. Coming in, receive it. Receive it. Let him work. Let him work. But see, now I've got a choice to make. Am I going to follow the Lord or am I going to follow her? According to that scripture, I've got to follow Jesus. And the Bible says, don't be a stumbling block for the brethren. You need to learn that one. <laughs> no. This is a hypothetical, folks, okay? Don't, don't beat me up. Don't get me in trouble with sweetie. I could have used somebody else's name, but I want it to be personal. That's exactly what Jesus did. You see, we got to learn that. And that goodness will flow out of us because we listen to the Holy Ghost. He's the one that does the leading. He's the one that tells us what to do. And be a perpetual do-gooder, so, so to speak. There was a guy walking around with a little oil can. You ever heard this story? Everywhere he went, a, a gate squeaked. He'd give it some shots of oil. He'd get to a door he had a hard time opening. He'd give him hinges a little shot of oil. Everywhere he went, he was giving a little shot of oil everywhere he went. Y'all folks who didn't understand that, I said oil. We call it oil at home, U-L. He'd give it a little shot of oil. He'd give it a little shot of oil. What was he doing? He was, he was putting it out there so that everybody else had an easier life. They didn't have to listen to that hinge screak. They didn't have to lean on that door extra hard to get it open. Why? Because this man did some good just with a can of oil. That's what he's talking about here. See, we're not doing it to gain anything. We're not doing it to gain friends so much. We're doing it because we're listening to the Lord. And you see, if he's the one that's doing it, it's him that's doing it. We don't receive any credit for it. We don't want any credit for it to do good. So this young man, he asked this rich young ruler, he asked Jesus, what more must I do to earn eternal life? Basically, I'm going to tell you in a nutshell what Jesus was telling him. Give your whole life to me. That's what he was saying. Give your whole life to me. Give your whole life to me. Every aspect of it, give it to me. See, we've got to let this come in and, and be a part of who we are. Total submission. You see, he wanted to be perfect. And we question that nowadays, don't we? That way we don't have to face God and we don't have to face the scripture. Well, you can't be perfect. I don't know. According to God, Noah was perfect in his eyes at the time. Otherwise, he would have destroyed him too. Right? He would have destroyed him too, but he was perfect in his eyes. He spared the entire family. And I believe each one of them, God saw them the same way. It wouldn't, kids, you don't get to follow on moms and dads' uh, salvation. It doesn't happen. And it's not about reciprocating goodness. This is my last point, and then I'm going to close up. There was a lady who got saved at a meeting one night. She was a mean lady in, a, in, a, in that town, in that community. She would fight at the drop of a hat. She would argue at the drop of a hat. She would put somebody down real quick. She got saved. She went back two or three nights to the same revival. She's getting happy, feeling good, praising God, raising her hands, running the aisles. The Spirit of God's on her. She's hungry for Him. Somebody chucked a potato at her. The old lady, not the old lady, but the lady before salvation, 
when I went over and just had at it with them. But instead, she picked the potato up, took it home and planted it, cut it up and planted it, and got a bucket full of potatoes out of it. And whenever she got her potatoes in, she made a casserole, and she took over to the people that chucked it at her. You see, that's goodness. That's goodness. Thank you cards. I, I dare say every one of you all in, his, in this church has given me a gift or our family a gift at some point. I've tried to give thank you cards to all of you. But do we ever think about that? I know I've personally thanked every one of you face to face. See, goodness is not about a reciprocating thing that you give it back. You see, because if you give me a gift or I give you a gift, let's put it that way, it might sound, if I give you a gift, and whether you say thank you or not, really shouldn't matter because it's coming out of the good. I'm following the Lord, right? Give it to Him. And nothing else needs to be said. We're living in a society today that will take a whole lot of your money because I bought a pile of thank you notes in seven years. You might not give to me again, or I might not give to you again if I don't get a thank you note, because why? He don't appreciate it. That was not giving. That was buying a thank you card the expensive way. Amen? I know this is setting hard, ain't it? It's the right thing to do. It's a good thing to do. Show your appreciation for someone. But if you get bent out of shape because they didn't give something back, Friends, you were just buying it. And let me tell you something. If you want to give me a, like a $50 gift card to go eat at Cracker Barrel and you're expecting a, a thank you card, you can go buy like 50 boxes of them for that same amount of money and you'll have 50 boxes of thank you notes. Am I not right on this? Come on. I know we're in America and I know what America teaches, but I'm talking about what the Bible teaches. If you're going to give, you give because the Spirit of God says to give. And you do it, what? Not begrudgingly, because he loves a cheerful giver. Amen? America says different. Our society, our, all that we do, but what I'm talking about is this goodness doesn't expect anything in return. It just wants Jesus to receive the glory. Give him the glory. Matthew 5 and 16, Let your light so shine before men so that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Your good works is so that he gets glorified. Not us. He gets glorified. Our good works. Let your little light shine. You got a song? I know this has been steep this morning. I know it's been tight. It's been tight for me, studying it out. What did I tell you weeks ago? I'm not the same guy I was a year ago. I pray you're not the same people you were a year ago. I hope the word of God has been able to come in and transform you. And he will do it if we will let him.